invite you for the next half hour to join us for interviews, discussion, inspiration and for strategies to help you fulfil your potential both in life and in business. Welcome back to Remarkable Woman Radio. I'm Mandy Beverly, and I am here today with my very special guest, Jenny Atkinson. So welcome along, Jenny. Oh, thank you, Mandy. Now, Jenny is uh, calling in from Australia, so uh, Remarkable Woman is going international today. So um, um, how's the weather over there in Australia? Oh, beautiful. We've had just um, the last couple of months have been beautiful with lovely sunny weather. It doesn't really feel like um, winter. It feels more like spring. Oh, fantastic. Well, welcome along. Um, now, Jenny is an author of a really cool sounding book called High School Rocks, and she's also the founder of Sparks Education. So, Jenny, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started? Because I know a lot, but our listeners don't necessarily, and I just see that you have just really found a great gap in the market um, to really help um, kids really transition um, as they go through life. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Yes, sure. I actually found something that I really love to do. I've been a teacher for over 30 years now and I've always loved teaching. But now I've, in about 2011, I was doing relief teaching because it fitted in with family commitments with um, my young daughter. Uh, But I just wanted a different direction. I didn't feel really fully fulfilled doing that. I remember I was doing a course and I sat down one evening and I just made myself, I'd been avoiding it for a while, but I just made myself really fully focus on what it was that I wanted to achieve with my work and I decided I'm just going to aim really high. I'm going to write down what are the big dreams that I want that I really, I wasn't even thinking about what I could do, I was thinking about what I really wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I read it over and and it it seemed to really sit, but what I couldn't see was the, well, how am I going to get that done? How am I going to achieve it? Um, So I let it sit for a while and I still continued with the relief teaching, but it's really interesting when you get so focused on what it is you really want to do, I think things come in to help you. So, and you start to pay attention more as well. So I started... um, at relief te- when I was relief teaching in different schools, I saw that there were a lot of um, issues coming up for the year six kids with transitioning to high school. So they go from primary school over into high school and I saw the struggles they were having, having and the struggles that parents were having too. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to start looking into this and that's where it all started. started with... Um, me going and doing surveys with the local high schools because I was a teacher um, that enabled me to go and do that. I ended up, I started with two local high schools. It just got bigger and bigger. I got more and more involved. It ended up with 1,600 students and 16 schools, one of the largest studies in Australia on the student's perspective of transition to high school because I'm a big believer if you don't understand where people are coming from or how it is for them it makes it very difficult to actually help them and give them steps to go forward Um, so it was all brand new and Mm. one of the biggest visions I had was to change the education system and that's definitely seven years later that's definitely happening now with my business is I'm going in and I'm changing how transition to high school happens for students. 
That's brilliant. And going back to when you surveyed 1,600 kids, that would give you such a good overview of where the problems are or where the gaps are to help them in this day and age sort of transition through without the anxiety, just being a little more prepared rather than being dropped right in the middle of this huge school. And I just wanted to also say, because you, um, being in Australia, the New South Wales system is ever so slightly different to New Zealand. And so probably the, um, what age group is the year sixes um, for you that you're mainly dealing with? Yes, they're 11 to 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's like, it's um, here, it's like our year sevens and eights. So some schools, we have primary, then we go intermediate and then high school. Or some um, go from primary and then they transition through the intermediate phase, those sort of 11 and 12-year-old um, phases um, within the school and then go to a high school. So so that that's really fascinating. And I also want to say, I think it's remarkable, um, and being on Remarkable Woman Radio as well, that, um, you know, that you're talking about your vision and you're talking about aiming high and you're talking about what you want to do, not what you could do. And I just thought, I just wanted yes. to really highlight those because I thought they were just, it's, 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 it's such a little tweak in the words we use, but it makes such a big difference in the questions that we end up asking ourselves. So um, It does. And I think in the beginning, before, I think the reason I'd avoided actually sitting down and doing that was I was very tied up with the how am I going to do it, what am I going to do, instead of focusing on yeah. what was it I really really wanted I, I know I'm using the word what there twice but it, it, it's it's quite different you know it's like really I suppose I was focused on more where do I want to end up rather than all the steps to get there yeah and I think that's so so huge because I know what I'm like I kind of jump to step 25 get overwhelmed <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you know and then nothing happens so I've got to really caution myself just do step one and then step two and three will actually show themselves and Mm -hmm. yeah so no I think that was really great so I just sorry to interrupt but I just wanted to just highlight that that thinking because that is remarkable and so then as you had highlighted kind of where you wanted to end up and you know helping change the education system is is a fairly massive vision and now you're beginning to sort of see that it's it's happening on the way so yes what did you find when you started to survey 1600 children well what i found even before i surveyed them was that there really wasn't much information from the students or the children's perspective it was very much um, what the teachers were saying and what the teachers had noticed. It was about the the parents, you know, I'm worried about my child or, um, you know, how are they going to cope with um, different aspects of high school. But there really wasn't a lot of from the students themselves. And, and everything that I've done as a teacher, it always comes down to one thing, what's in the best interests of the student, you know, and part of that is to, you know, help other teachers and to, to help parents. But everything I try to do is in their best interest. So how can we possibly do that, I thought, unless we hear from, from them? So what I, what I discovered, or what I tried to do with the surveys was have a lot of open-ended questions, which I think in hindsight was just really effective because 
every child was able to write what they thought. So it wasn't, there were some questions where they were answering, um, I agree, I, I disagree, and showing a range of how they feel. But it was the open-ended questions that told me so much. It was like sitting, I mean, some children were writing like little mini essays because um, it, when I read them, it was like sitting with them and, and talking with them because they were writing in their own words. They were writing how they felt about it. They were using the words that they wanted to use. So they weren't, they weren't restricted. One thing that I was really surprised at was I thought, oh, okay, you know, they're heading into teenage years. I'll get a lot of silly answers. Do you know, out of the 1,600 um, surveys, I had three silly answers, and, and they were very, very minor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just showed me how much children wanted to have a voice, how much they wanted to tell their experience. Wow. Um, and I think that's really important. I've carried that, carried that with me, trying to give them a voice. I do that in my workshops now, try to give them a voice as much as I can. Yeah. Wow. And so what sort of things did they tell you that they were worried about or anxious about or fearful of, I guess? Um, yes. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that popped up just constantly was the amount of homework and assessment tasks that they were given. Um, especially the I did Year 6 surveys as well as Year 7 surveys, so after they'd moved. The Year 7 surveys, one thing that... I was really interested in was children weren't so much worried about the type of homework or how difficult the homework was they were really struggling and I mean really struggling with and at least one third were saying they were not coping one third was sort of sitting in the middle on the fence and the other third were saying I'm okay so really you only had one third of children that were saying okay I've got this I'm, I'm handling it well but for the others, um, it was the amount of homework. It was how much homework they were getting and trying to fit it in. They were now getting homework from a variety of different teachers um, more often than they were used to. And they were having assignments that they were having to plan for. And they just, what I, after I um, researched it, I really believe it's they don't, at that age have the skills necessarily to handle the amount of homework that they're getting, the skills in terms of time management, organisation, so that they can plan ahead. A lot of those are skills you learn over time. And I think when they first start, they, they get hit with all of that, but they haven't actually got the skills yet to, to manage it, which is why I try to bring some of those preparation skills into my workshop as well. I surveyed them as well at the end of the year, Mandy, and discovered that because I thought maybe it's just because after 10 weeks I'm surveying them and they're not quite used to it yet. Perhaps it's a different story at the end of the year. But I was really quite shocked that at the end of the year it was still one third of students that were not Not handling the homework. It was actually the same amount as the beginning of the year, which tells me these skills take a lot longer for the children to, um, to, to manage than, than we previously thought. Gosh, because that, that's a large number, isn't it? You know, if you oh, it is. If, and if teachers are constantly pumping out more work because they probably know they've got, you know, they've got outcomes that they've got to achieve, they've got goals that they want their students to to be reaching by the end of each year. And if there's mm. still that amount that are that are struggling to even cope with that, that whole mindset can then kind of set up 
space as they go through high school and then they suddenly go, well, I'm no good at this. And, That's right. And then just sort of take themselves out of the even trying games. So, so, exactly. how, so how do you help them? To, to make the, these changes you know like I know you run workshops um, but how do you you know like what sort of effectiveness do you find the workshops have got um, because I'm working with them before they get to high school I I need to keep it at their level so year 11 um, 11 years old and 12 years old I've got to keep things at their level um, I do a lot of visual things for them because they really get it there's a little um i call it the big i call it big rocks i try to give them names to things that they will remember that when they go next year they can they can tap back into that so i call this one big rocks and big rocks is teaching them how to because often they just get involved in doing all the little things so we call them the little pebbles the things that you know like they'll be playing on the computer and then forget to stop to start to do their homework and those little pebbles sort of eat away at a lot of their time so I try and teach them um, how to focus a little bit more on the big rocks so the big rocks are the more important or urgent things that might need might be an assessment task that needs to be finished by tomorrow or something very important they have to do today that they can't put off until tomorrow so I I show them this um, using actual rocks so big rocks little rocks and pebbles and show them how just by changing the order you do things in the day or putting a little bit more focus on the big rocks earlier actually helps them to get all of those things done in the day but still not missing out on doing some of the things that they they love to do as well Oh, that's one example. Another thing I use is, um, which the children love. So I try to tap into things that I know that they will like or things that I know they'll engage in that actually get the point across to them. Um, We also talk about eat that frog and I give them all a little plastic frog that they take away at the end of the workshop. And I've just recently done a video project with Year 7 students to hear their perspective, but now I'm putting it on video rather than on survey. And... Quite a few of those students had been to my workshop when they were in year six and you'd be surprised how many of them told me, oh, I've still got the frog, it's sitting where I do my homework. And it's the Brian Tracy, um, he wrote the book called Eat That Frog and it's about instead of waiting to the last minute to do that thing that you really don't want to do, which says eat that frog, <laughs> um, you do that early, you do it early on so that it's over and done with. So whenever you have, so when they have that moment where they don't want to do homework or they don't want to go and clean the room, they can look at the frog and go, look, I'll just eat that frog, I'll get it done now, it'll be finished and I can move on with, with other things. And it's, it's really simple in, its, um, in the concept, but children actually take to it. So I do a lot of research to find those things and um, things that I think they can take on board fairly quickly and easily but can have an actual really lasting impact for them. I think those um, things, those uh, those two little e- exercises, are very visual to me as I'm listening to you as well. And uh, you know, it's a great reminder. You know, the putting in the big rocks first, and then filling in the smaller ones. And you know, because a lot of us today are sort of multitasking, and then we're adding in all sorts of other things, and you just don't feel that you're getting to the big rocks. So, having that constant visual is 
is is great. So thanks for the reminder and also the eat the frog because I'd imagine it's not the tastiest thing. So <laughs> you definitely want to get it over and done with first. And, you know, yeah. uh, I just think it's a great reminder for all of us. So believe it or not, we're going to um, just take a quick break for music. And we have um, your song, Jenny, that you wanted, which was um, by Afrojack called Spark. And I thought that was great but, um, being that you're from Spark Education. So we'll be right back after this music. A little bit of misfit dancer, a little bit of JoJo dancer, a little bit of thoughts of mine coming out the mind of this midnight rambler. I can't wait till these tunes of mine get me out of this local jam. Get up, up on that big stage now, show the world just who the heck I am. Think if it all goes right, you got something that can change your life. Use that moment to show your life. Everything's gonna be
Welcome back to Remarkable Woman Radio. And I'm here with Jenny Atkinson from Sydney, Australia. And she is the founder of Sparks Education. And we are hearing all about some of the great work that she's doing, which is helping kids transition to high school. And um, I really love, Jenny, that you've said that you have surveyed so many kids and you're really looking at providing solutions from the from the challenges that they were facing, not, I mean, the parents' perspective is great, but from the students' perspective um, is so important. So you're addressing their needs, you know, from what they're saying. I think it's just so smart. Yes, and, and from two approaches. So taking in year six, so early, starting early, and taking the things that they're worried about, and often they're worried about in year six before they go, the really short-term issues. So uh, things like, I'm going to get lost, I won't be able to find my way around. And they do, you know, over that first, you know, six weeks, they do manage to, to get through these things. But it's still, they often, I think what they often hear is, don't worry, you'll get used to it. Don't worry, you'll get used to it. And that doesn't take away their worry. Mm-hmm. That just tells them, well, I'm going to get used to it, but I don't necessarily believe you because I'm still worried about it. So in the workshop we go through, we read a timetable and, the ma- and a map, and I see all their... Um, I just see physically in their bodies and their faces their anxiety drops and they just go, oh, okay, now I know I'll be okay because regardless of my timetable or map, I already know how to do it. So, a very sim- again, a very simple thing that has a big impact for them and takes away the worries. When I tell them about the peer support systems and things they have in high school to help them with making friends and and we do a big section on asking for help, well, because often when they're new to high school, they may not feel comfortable enough to ask for things or they want to save face, you know, being close to teenagers, they want to save face and appear like they already know things when they don't, but we do a big section on asking for help and um, here are different scenarios, things that you might need to ask someone for help or who can you ask for help and we go through and do that, Um, we do lots of hands-on activities, they go and do that and just as a, you just see you know collectively all of those things together start to drop their anxiety and their worry and even though they're short-term concerns for them they still make a very big difference and you can see they when they're talking to me after the workshop they're oh I'm not worried about you know getting lost now it's okay and you just see you know one by one those little things you chip away at them and they make a they end up making a, a big difference and then the other side of course is the preparing because once that 10 weeks is up and they're getting more homework and getting tests and exams coming up they need to be able to have some strategies in place for handling those things too so it's like the two-pronged approach and then do you have to educate the parents on what you're teaching them as well so then in the households now once they're at home then both everyone's on the same channel so to speak yes definitely and at my first i've I've tried deliberately, especially in the beginning, just to try and keep my focus. So I focused on developing the workshop and getting that really good. And then once that was up and running and I was very confident and happy with the results that was getting, then my next part was to um, introduce a parent talk. And so now I do the parent talk. I really enjoy the parent talks, getting to meet the parents and um, answer their questions but also to give them strategies which are often different strategies for helping their child at home and I come from 
I tell them I come from three different perspectives, a teacher who's in the system and can see what works, from a parent myself of a daughter who's in high school and I've seen, you know, the struggles and the, the things that she enjoyed with going to high school and from someone who's done all that research as well in what works and what, what may not work. Um, and, and this transition to high school is so interesting for me because it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's one child may need assistance with making friends, another child might need assistance, or a lot of children might need assistance with getting organised. Another one might be worried about, you know, handling the locker and they may be very you know very worried about you know how to handle that aspect of starting high school so it's it's always different it's always changing but there are elements that stay the same right throughout as well does technology ever be something that they're worried about (laughs) just um the parents more so than the children the children (laughs) are really looking forward to the technology aspect of high school and um in australia i'm not sure how it is in new zealand but we have a bring your own device so the school will determine whether it's an ipad or a laptop and then give those instructions for what they need to bring so the kids are really loving and looking forward to that whereas parents can see that they may have more struggles with managing how often their child is using it what's happening on the computer they can see that they have um may have some struggles with that so one section of my parent talk is actually like my top 10 uh tech tips for them and how they can negotiate that in their house because also their child is you know coming into teenage years so there's so much changing at this point for them you know they're heading children their child's heading into puberty their you know emotional development's changing you know the social structure's changing with you know um their peers being very important to them so for parents they can see that there are quite a quite a few things changing and they just need that little bit of support as well yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? Because you can see it all happening and suddenly you're not the most important person in your child's life anymore or that's what it can feel like. And yeah. and so, but you still want to be able to help them. And plus they're, you know, they have, they've, um, there's just so much access for them through technology, through anything these days. And so being able to equip them with really good strategies right from the word go so they don't fall through the cracks, um, you know, or you do everything you can to make sure that they don't. So, um that's, that's great, and I'd love to have you back another time, Jenny, just because um, I think you've got so much <laughs> to offer, and even um, I think I might need some tech tips as well <laughs> for, for, um, for using technology. It would be really great, um, making sure I stay up with the play. I mean, even though my kids have moved on through um, high school now, but um, it's been an interesting process as you help them navigate that, and um, I think we learn a lot from looking back at hindsight. Now, um, do you have a guiding principle in your life and that you sort of feel like your brand and you stand by? Um, yeah, I, I did think about this quite hard and I, I think it's empowering myself but also others to aim high and work out where that end point is and then go back and take those those steps to get there um and i think it's that aiming high it's we don't we don't actually need to settle and for kids you know um you know sometimes if the homework's getting hard or they're looking or comparing themselves to others and thinking you know hey i'm not good enough 
it's helping them to to aim high and have that well, one have that belief in themselves but also the belief that they can get to where they want to go yeah i think that's so important and you know how you said you've almost got to um, begin with the end in mind you know what is it that you really want and then work backwards rather than try and you know go forward but mm. um because we're running out of time, I'm so sorry to say, Jenny, but um, one question that I love to ask all my guests, and mm-hmm. that is, as women who are owning who we are, what is most remarkable about what you do and who you are? <laughs> I think it would be inspiring others to take action. Nice. And I don't think I do it in a noisy, big, well, I know I don't do it in a noisy, big, brash way. I do it in a quiet way, but I see I see parents coming out of the parent talk. I see students coming out of the, the workshop with confidence, you know, kids going home and talking to their parents about, you know, their confidence. One was the other day was, was doing that. Um, and this is a child that doesn't usually tell their parent very much about what happens in their school day. But he actually came out with words, oh, I feel more confident now about going to high school. And I think... That is a really, really special thing to be able to do. Yeah, it's so, it is so important, isn't it? Because they don't often actually articulate it. So, Jenny, how do people find you? Uh, through my website and then you can email, um, phone. It's www.sparkseducation.com.au. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me today on Remarkable Woman Radio, Jenny. That is Jenny Atkinson from sparkseducation.com.au. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mandy. It's been lovely talking with you. Bye for now.